0: This week's Labyrinth Library podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash lablib. Over one hundred thousand titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Hello and again, welcome to the Labyrinth Library Podcast. How are you this week? I am exhausted, actually, and classes haven't even started yet. They start tomorrow. Uh, but we've been spending this whole week just preparing, you know, getting everything set, making copies, going to meetings, having orientation, going to meetings, learning new stuff, going to meetings, seeing the new students going to meetings. Uh, it's been a lot of preparing, and I think at this point we're all pretty much ready to stop preparing and actually go do it. Uh, So tomorrow is our first day of classes. I'm really looking forward to meeting my new students. should be good fun. Uh, But today, we're not talking about school or classes. Today we are talking about books, as always. And I told you last week that we're going to do Discworld, because I had far too much of it to begin with. And it was one of the older books about what happens when you get too much power. Now, Marissa in the U.S., uh, she tried real hard to answer this, and I, I think the fault lays with me, because actually a lot of the Discworld books have to do with what happens when people get power, and how they abuse it and how they use it wrongly. And she made a few good guesses, but didn't quite hit the right one, which is sorcery. So we're going to look at sorcery today. And as I mentioned, I had a lot of Discworld in my review library, and there's a reason for that. I used to go on on Discworld benders. I don't do it so much these days, because I just don't have time to read for fun anymore. But I would read a, a Discworld book, and I think, I'm just going to read one. That's it. I'll just read uh, Lords and Ladies or Small Gods or something, and that'll be it. But then uh, I saw another one just sitting there, just looking at me, and the next thing you know, I'm halfway through sorcery, and I don't know how I got there, you know? It's, it's, like pota- it's worse than potato chips. I may need professional help for this. I mean, what am I supposed to do? They're quick, they're easy, they're entertaining. I promise, though, after this, I'm going to... Kind of cut down on the Discworld. I'm going to give the the whole series a while a rest before I go back to it again. I'll read the new ones when they come out, of course, but the other ones can relax if I if I can let them. Uh, now the Discworld. I'm sure if you've read it and you know all about it, the Discworld, uh, being a flat world that is carried through space on the backs of four elephants, who in turn are standing rather patiently, I think, on the back of a great turtle, is understandably awash in magic. There are magical creatures on the disc. There's trolls and dwarfs and elves and people who know how to use the magic that infuses that world. People like wizards. Now, if you want to be a wizard, there's different ways to get there. It's not quite like Harry Potter, but eh, kind of. The best thing you can do to be a wizard is to be the eighth son of an eighth son. That type is almost certainly destined for the more arcane arts. Once you become a wizard, you dedicate yourself to one thing and one thing only, magic. And late lunches. Two things. Magic and late lunches in comfortable robes. Three and four, your pointy hat. But mainly to magic. Wizards don't marry. Wizards certainly don't have children. Except for one wizard, of course. Ipsilor the Red, the eighth son of an eighth son, broke this law of wizardry. He fell in love, he ran away from the university, and he had sons of his own. Eight of them. His youngest son, Coin was the carrier of a great power. He was the eighth son of the eighth son of an eighth son. He was wizardry squared. He was a sorcerer. Now back in the old days, I didn't say the good old days because they weren't good. Back in the old days, when the magic on the disc was much wilder, there were sorcerers everywhere. They built great castles and fought horrible wars of magic, the effects of which still scar the disc to this day. Modern wizardry is a pale reflection of those days, and for good reason. If wizards continued to battle as the sorcerers did, the disc would be broken beyond recognition. Every wizard knows this. And yet, when young Coyne comes to the unseen university of Angmapork, bristling with power and holding a staff possessed by the ghost of his father, the wizards are far more interested in the power he can give them than the responsibility they have. A sorcerer has arisen, and a new age of magic will come with all the terror that implies. Coin reminds them of what wizards used to be and the power they used to have. Through him, old men who could barely manage a simple illusion are now able to reshape the world with their wills. With a sorcerer behind them, there is nothing these wizards cannot accomplish. Only one man can stop them. His name is Rincewind, and he really, really doesn't want to get involved. Rincewind is a wizard, or if you go by his pointy hat, a wizard with two Zs. Although he is so deficient in magical talent that it is believed that the average magical ability of the human population will actually go up once he dies. He wants nothing more than to be left alone, to live a a boring, mundane life. The universe, of course, has very different ideas. Together with Konina, who is the daughter of Cohen the Barbarian, and Nigel the Destroyer, Rincewind has to figure out how to stop a sorcerer from destroying the world. The book is, as I mentioned before, one of the early volumes of the Discworld series, and so it doesn't quite have the depth that the later books do. Uh, There's certainly a great message to be found in it, mainly on the subject of not just power, as I mentioned before, but identity. Rincewind identifies himself as a wizard, despite having all the magical talent of a lump of silly putty, and cannot conceive of being anything else. The sorcerer coin, on the other hand, has been told who he is to become, mainly by the spirit of his dead and rather monomaniacal father. Conina has the blood of heroes in her veins, but her dream is to wield nothing sharper than a pair of beautician scissors. And Nigel the Destroyer, who looks almost exactly the way his name sounds, desperately wants to be a barbarian hero, despite being about as muscular as a wet noodle. Despite all of this, though, the characters succeed when they decide for themselves who they want to be. The ones who suffer the most are the other wizards, the ones who allow Coin to tell him who they are. They invest their entire sense of self in the inflated image fed to them by the sorcerer, an image of power and strength, and when it all comes crashing down around them, they are only left with shame and and disappointment. In the end, they remain who they always were, and that is the tragedy of their downfall. So if there is a lesson to be had in this book, and there's a few, that's pretty much the big one, I think. Know who you are and be it, as hard and as loud as you can. Other than that, though, it is a rollicking little adventure, which I think you'll enjoy. So let me give you a quote. The quote uh, basically reinforces that idea of knowing who you are and being who you are, and it comes from Rincewind. And he says, It's vital to remember who you really are. It is very important. It isn't a good idea to rely on other people or things to do it for you, you see. They always get it wrong. Now, I'm sure you know what that's like. I'm sure you've had people who uh, thought something about you or assumed you were a certain type of person and you have no idea how that happened. And they thought that you were really outgoing or they thought that you were adventurous or shy or boring. Um, Don't let them tell you who you are. You know who you are. If you don't know who you are, then by all means, go find out who you are. Uh, But don't ask somebody else, hey, who am I? Because they will probably get it wrong. So therein lies the lesson. I plan on telling my students this over and over and over again if I can. So, if you want, you can go, as always, over to audibletrial.com slash lablib, and you can sign up for a free trial membership with audible.com. With that trial membership, you get a free book download, and they do have sorcery, along with, I think, just about all the other Discworld books. So, if you enjoy those, uh, and you stay with the service, you can download all of them. If you want something else, they have a bajillion other books. A bajillion, yes, it's a real number. A bajillion other books. And you can get that, too. So it's audibletrial.com slash lablibs. Sign up for a trial membership. Get one free book. Make everybody happy. Okay. We're clocking in at a nice, tight, short podcast this week, which is fine, because i got a cup of coffee here, which is all that's going to keep me going until it's time for bed. So next week, we are going to investigate the golden age of superhero comics through a novel, through a piece of fiction about the Golden Age of Superhero Comics, the pre-war era, the wartime era, and what came after. Uh, is a, a prize-winning novel uh, that takes a lot from reality and the real history of comic books, but then fictionalizes it. And uh, it's good fun, especially if you're a comic book nerd. So tell me what that book is, and you will win a fantastic green power ring. Uh, it only works if you have the lantern to power it off of, which I'm afraid I don't have. I don't have the lantern, so, you know, it's just decoration. Anyway, um, I hope that you have a good week. I hope that you can rest. This week is not going to be very restful for me, but uh, I'll have I'll have Sunday off. I can sleep on Sunday, I guess. So you rest, you relax, you have a good time, and I will talk to all of you again next week. A text version of this review will be up on the blog, thelablib.org, along with any relevant links I can think of. If you have anything you want to say or any suggestions you'd like to make, please leave a comment and let me know. If you have a book you would like to recommend, I would be happy to hear it. If you'd like to send me an email, send it to labyrinthlibrary at gmail.com. And if you like what you hear, please give a review on iTunes, become a fan on Facebook, or follow LabLib on Twitter. This podcast is covered by a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives license, so feel free to share it, but please don't sell it or change it. The music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod at www.incompetech.com. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next week. And until then, keep reading.